All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live, but except no meth, as he's vacationing on the sunny beaches in Mexico. But no worries, as we have a huge show lined up with a couple of uh, exciting guests for you. As always, you've uh, seen them before, and so uh, we'll bring them in a bit later in the show. Ian Mendez is here. He's going to drop by much later. Uh, as always, this show brought to you by the cool, refreshing taste of whitewater beer, pour a legion lager, farmer's daughter, even a high tide. Uh, you can even mix and match if you wish. Uh, they sample all kinds of new flavors coming in all the time. Use the new coupon code WAMSHOW, 15% off when you go to shopwhitewater.ca. Whitewater is brewed by friends for friends, and they are the official beer of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Don't forget the chat is open. We encourage you to join us in there as well. Uh, if you like it, please like and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate it. Um, now, without further ado, I won't waste any more of your time. Let's hook up the Methernet and bring in our first guest. Connecting to the Methernet. Methernet now connected. <laughs> Bobby Ryan, welcome to the show, my friend. You got the Methernet. 
I, you know, I didn't know I was part host. I, I thought I was just coming on to, to hang out, but uh, I'm, I got the Methernet, I'm in, and now I, I don't know if I'm running any interviews with Dean. Nobody told me anything, but I'm happy to be here again. I didn't want to scare you off because you scared me yesterday with your tweet about the family getting sick, and I got terrified that I wouldn't have a co-host today. I'm here, uh, and, and I dodged it. Uh, I told you off the air. Everybody got it but me. It was a long... Long day yesterday, but uh, the kids are back. I mean, the kids woke up just fine, went back to school today. My wife went and worked out. So uh, I, the household is on the mend. <laughs> uh, by the way, you are a f our first co-host in the history of the Wally Mathod Show. So uh, congratulations. First, you were yes. guest number two yes, and now yes. co-host number one. <laughs> so uh, I will big, send you a it's free It's a big month. day for me. That's it. Uh, I got a new, I got a new house, and I need something for the wall. So I'll take it. I'll, I'll take a plaque. Anything you got made up will be great. Oh, I will. We'll give you one of our faces, uh, best sports podcast in Ottawa uh, plaques. There, um, there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. To that. Yeah, <laughs> Meth is, I don't know. Neither one of you have you guys ever won anything from there before? No, no. So I'll no. I'll take this no. as a huge win for us. <laughs> Big deal. Congrats. Uh, um. And by the way, since Meth is away uh, sun tanning and getting his tan lines, I wanted to bring up the football game since he doesn't watch. Did you watch start to finish? Did you get a chance to sit on the couch? As much, yeah, I watched just about every play. A um, few times I was in and out um, getting some food for the little man. But other than that, uh, just about caught the entire game. And did you, were you, it didn't seem like a very excited, I wasn't excited for that game. I would much prefer no. a Chiefs Bills final. Yeah, I mean, that was the Super Bowl two weeks ago or three weeks, whatever that was. Um, that, that was the final for me. I, I don't know. The game just kind of dragged. It wasn't, um, there were very few explosive plays. And then OBJ goes down. So now you got no theatrics going on after catches. It just, it, yeah, it was a kind of a boring game. Uh, what do you think of the halftime show? I, I was entertained. I don't know. I don't know what to expect in any of those. Um, I I've only been to one concert that was rap focused, and it was because we uh, we had a box with the Ducks way back when, and I didn't know what it was going to be like seeing rap live. But it's terrible because you can't. I mean, you, it, it's going. It's already loud in there. The DJs go and guys are talking in the background. It just, it felt like you weren't, I'd rather just listen to the song, but um, they nailed it yesterday. So I was entertained. I, 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 you know, you're getting old when, when you're like, man, these, <laughs> these are throwbacks. And uh, it, it was, it was an entertaining show. I was, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, did you have the Rams? Yeah. And would you have been a Rams guy since you lived in LA or in California, I should say? I wouldn't say I'm a Rams guy. Um, Honestly, didn't really have a, a horse in the race in this one. I didn't feel like I cared either way. Um, I, I guess if I were if I were picking a team, it would have been it would have been the Rams. But what was the line was what four and a half or something? So yeah. um, I guess technically they covered. But yeah, no, I I think I'm becoming a Bengals fan. I really like I really like Burrow and Chase. So we'll see. Do you appreciate the swagger that Joe Burrow walks with? Uh, I do and I don't. I think he's a little young for it. But when you're going to the Super Bowl in your second year, I guess it's it's uh, accept it. And that's people want to see the atmosphere. Or people, excuse me, the attitude and the swagger. Yeah. So um, he sells, you know. But I, as an older guy, that 
you know, came into the league when there was none of that. And now they're starting to see that in every league. It's it just changing. Um, yeah, I, part of me is like, it's, it's almost a cringe, you know, and like I, if I were a young, if I an older guy, I probably would have said something to him about it. But uh, whatever sells tickets at this point, he's got a great, I mean, he seems like a great, great room guy and all that kind of stuff. So people like it. As long as he wins, is he allowed to have that personality? Is that basically what it comes down to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Co- winning covers everything, right? Like you can get away with a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff when you're winning games. So, uh, you know, he took a beating for that, the, the jewelry thing um, yeah. after the last game. And I was like, that, that was one that he probably would want back. But who cares? You won. You move on. And uh, I'm excited for what he's got next year because they'll be back. That team's going to be back for sure. They, they get some help on the offensive line. They'll be back in the play. I loved his line, and I probably shouldn't because it would have bothered me a few years ago, but his line was someone asked, is the jewelry real when he had the JB uh, necklace on chain? And he goes, yeah, I make too much money for it to be fake. Yeah, good point, but that's the line he took a beating for, right? I don't know, because you guys yeah. probably didn't get the same coverage down here, but for two weeks, that's all anybody talks about is the Super Bowl down here. Uh, every show, it's like it's like getting ready for the playoffs in hockey up there, and uh, – I, I mean, they, they were all over him, all over him for it. And I'm like, who cares? He's 21 years old. He's making money. Let him, you know, let him strut. That's the only, I, it was way overproduced. The Super Bowl's way overproduced. The, the rock stuff oh, yeah. at the beginning, I was like, enough. Let's, can we kick the ball off, please? Yeah. We're not here for you. Did you, did the rock get dressed in the dark? Like what an outfit! <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I don't know if somebody dressed him or what, but he walked out there and said, "Like he looked at a mirror at some point for sure." I was like, "No, no, no, this yeah. is it. This is what I'm going with." And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I was like, "Come on, man!" He went, like, the French out. kiss and away he went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. I t- I think I t- I tweeted about that too. I was like, "Just play the game. Nobody cares. Like, just, just get it done." Who's the most, uh, speaking of Joe Burrow type, who's the most intense player you ever played with? Uh, well, I mean, Neeler's got to be up there. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, I, I actually, I, I think probably hands down, Neeler. Um, Darren Helm uh, and, and Glenn Denning or some guys like that that I played with last year. And then you, you start to really think back, and I can't really think of anybody outside of that. But Neeler for sure in Ottawa. Um, cause you could just see the wires cross from time to time <laughs> there and you're just like, Oh no, Oh no, get out of the trolley tracks. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he, I mean, he brought it every game, every game, every night. He played a thousand games the hard way. And like, you're not going to see a guy that played that role, play a thousand games ever again. I don't think. No. And I was just watching the 07, uh, it was just on Sportsnet, the 07 Eastern final, uh, when Alfie scores in overtime and I look in overtime and Neeler's on there taking shifts. And so like, he played yeah. a very solid game that I don't know. I think it gets overlooked because he fought a lot, but he reinvented himself, especially near the end, and got to play a regular like third line shift. I, I, I think he yeah, gets overlooked yeah, yeah. a lot because of what he did. I, I think, and and the um, I guess what's changed now is the stigma around those types of players because there were players in the league at that time that could not play hockey, but you had to have them because the yes. game every now and again would turn into a circus. Um, Neeler wasn't that. Neeler could play a shift for you and, um, you know, was up and down at times at the end there with us. But, like, I mean, we talked about the series. He changed the New York series um, just with presence and being out there and physical. Guys don't don't want to go back 
for the puck. And then he had a little touch around the net. So yeah, I mean, he was a he was a good player for a long time. Had a hat trick in the AHL during the lockout. Um, okay, I, I want to ask you. If, I don't know if you saw. T, have you seen the TPC uh, course, the stadium course, and hole number sixteen? Have you? Uh, I know you're not a huge golfer, but you do watch some golf, right? Okay, I'm, I watch a lot. I'm going to show golf. you this yeah. picture. <laughs> yeah. So this this stadium course, as you know, it's the waste management where everybody just gets wasted. Uh, they had two holes in one at this particular uh, hole. And then they, everybody starts chucking beers and it just litters with beer cans. I'm just curious of the, if you were a professional athlete, could you ever imagine teeing off at hole number 16 with thousands of people watching you trying to hit this hole? No. Um, I think the, it, I get more nervous meeting a group of guys on the first tee that you're going to be playing with and then hitting that shot than I ever did on the yes. Like it's just a different feel. It's so different, but um, I for these guys that are in their element, I I would liken it to playing or or doing a shootout um, at the end of the game and in, in front of twenty thousand like that. I guess that's what I'm likening it to. But uh, no, that would be the about, about as nerve wracking as it could possibly be. And like, could you imagine being the guy that has to follow the hole in one that Brian Harmon or whoever it was no. to stand there for twelve minutes and then hit? Like that would be that would be frustrating. And then not to get the hole of one, be like, what a letdown that guy is. Um, okay, so yeah, well, you kind of brought the it guy up. Went, so, <laughs> so true. The guy went back the next day and so, made par, and I was like, the guy dropped two strokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you, as a professional athlete, what's more intimidating for you? So TPC, hole number 16, a penalty shot to win the Stanley Cup, penalty shot for the World Cup, uh, or being a pitcher in the World Series, or if there's something else. Like, what would be the most intimidating thing for you to have to do um so a lot of I, a lot of these things have another variable which would be another player so you right the goalie you and the goalie one-on-one for the stanley cup or the gold medal olympics whatever it be so that very that like a lot of things can go a different way you might make you might make the perfect shot but he stopped it because he, he read you correctly mm. so that that takes some of the pressure off i think honestly hitting that golf shot on in contention on 16 uh would be about as hard as it gets uh probably the most intimidating because that's all you right that is just you you have yeah. no no other variables in play it's just you and a golf ball and, and 160 yards like that would be that'd be tough yeah i didn't even think of the other uh person factor uh good call by you um okay yeah. so uh by the way uh, before we get to we're trying to line up some other stuff while we're doing all this so i, I apologize if it seems a little scattered and we only have no three worries. pages today but uh bobby not the five we had last monday so it's good we won't keep you as long uh <laughs> all in the thought show by the way <laughs> brought to you by bei bonisher excavating inc bonisher excavating uh helping in excavation grading drainage projects also equipment rentals aggregate topsoil sales visit BonisherExcavating.com, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And now, without further ado, perfect timing as we get set to talk a little sense. We welcome in Ian Mendez, making his eighth appearance on the Wally and Mathot Show. So two more, you get steak knives. <laughs> steak knives. I like it. I like it. <laughs> ah. they're, they're dull like Matt's humor, but you'll get some steak knives. Oh, okay. All right, I'm not I, 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 I appreciated Bobby's answer there on the uh, intimidation. What would be the most intimidating yeah. thing? Uh, let me let me ask you this question, Bobby, just to follow up. 
would does public speaking intimidate you? Like if you had to get up, like that's a common thing for a lot of people. Is that, does that intimidate you? Yeah. No, no, it's not something that's ever bothered me. Um, but I, but I understand the fear level because it, I guess it, when you're going up to make a speech or something like that, there's that moment of awkward panic that everybody gets a little bit, but I, I've always yeah. been able to breeze through that a little bit, but some guys just, yeah, you, you can actually see their face go ghost white and uh, I'm not one of those guys. See, I, I don't mind the public speaking. I, I meant to come back to you saying about teeing off on hole number one with people you don't know, especially like I played in some really G-list celebrity events where you have to be the first guy to tee off. There's nothing more intimidating <laughs> than teeing off first. Amen, Des? No. Oh, yeah. So I, I play in the uh, – it's in Coeur d'Alene. It's called the Showcase Invitational. Every year they bring in celebrities and – it's a lot of hockey guys, a lot of baseball guys. Um, last year, I was actually was lucky enough to be paired with Tyler Johnson because we were real close. So they put us together and it, it makes it easier. Um, but there's a grandstand behind the first tee and they, and you know, there's maybe 50 people because we were in early tee time. But by the end of it, you're coming in 18. Uh, it's a par five and you can't get home in two, but you can, you can really let one rip and, and, give it a chance and people boo you and then you're going to chip and get up and down for birdie in front of people like that is that is one of the most frustrating and and i guess intimidating things uh because they, they boo you right everybody's out there having drinks and having cocktails and having fun and you're just trying to grind out a par and <laughs> and, get, and get yourself in contention but standing on that first tee in the morning when they when they announce you and they announce your statistics and all this stuff you're just like oh my god what if i ground hook one right now <laughs> and have you I have not. No, um, I'll, I'll never forget Brendan Morrow, who is like a plus one handicap, like a very, very good golfer. Uh, ground hooked his first shot, turned to his caddy and said, I'll have a double vodka orange juice. By the time I hit this next ball and by the time I finish this hole, I want another one. <laughs> and like, it was just his, his day just went straight down. It was like nine o'clock in the morning and I was passing by and I saw it. I was like, did he just duck hook? Like, I mean, he hit it. He hit it 60 yards on a par five um and still beat me by nine strokes on the on the two days uh that's gold um you mentioned tyler johnson why are you close with him where's the connection we're neighbors um we're, we're just uh, well we were we were neighbors i moved out of gaza ranch and across the to a pretty quiet side of the lake uh as my lifestyle changed obviously but uh we were neighbors in gaza spent a lot of time together and he's he's become like an extension of the family my daughter's first boyfriend and all that kind of stuff so uh He's he's awesome guy, and we skate together, train together, and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know. See, that's the only the fun part about finding out hockey players and how they. It's such a we talk about small family about how it all is intertwined eventually over stuff that we don't ever see coming. Um, I want to talk some Sens action, and I and I know uh, Bobby, you're not seeing every Sens game, so this won't be specific plays. But um, did you happen to see Thomas Shabbat get hit yesterday, and they hit uh, sorry by Tom Wilson, and then. Uh, Nick Paul dropped the gloves with Tom Wilson. If you didn't, it's okay. So I missed that. Yeah, I missed it. I saw the the Brady, um, the Brady. I guess yeah, you call it a blindside. Was that Tom Wilson that hit him? Was that the one? Uh, with with no, Thomas Bra Shabbat. Uh, yeah. Brady, Bra uh, Brady was John Carlson, right? That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's Brady that's the one John I saw Carlson. on the replay. Yeah. It's it's uh, okay. So, no, Wait, so it'll it, it, all right. It'll be okay because I'm going to ask you about Nick Paul, but. Uh, Mendez, I'll ask you about yep. the hit. Um, 
because we always argue about these clean hits and having to fight afterwards. Are you okay because you're a cover the sends guy that Nick Paul drops the gloves with Tom Wilson? Or should it not have been a fight? Well, I think if you saw the after the game, when they do inside the room, they hand out the um, hardest worker, they give them the bike helmet, the glasses. Nick Paul got that. And I think he got sure. it because he stood up to Tom Wilson. And the way that he did it was good too, right? He didn't get an instigator penalty. He kind of motioned to Tom Wilson, you want to go. You know what I think? I think if you're an NHL player, and Bobby would be able to, to describe this, the speed of the game, if you're Nick Paul, and all you see is Tom Wilson drilling Thomas Shabbat. Tom Wilson's one of those guys, you probably don't give him the benefit of the doubt. You're like, mm, Tom Wilson just hit my... Like, Nick Paul doesn't have the luxury of going back, looking at the video. Did he hit him clean? Did he hit him high? So I think that's probably a, a real reflex thing where he's like, Tom Wilson just hit arguably our MVP. I got to do something about it. And, and I, I, I think that goes a long way in the locker room. And that's, to me, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what I think or some other rando person thinks. It's what the 18 guys in that room think. And I think that those 18 guys are like, damn, Nick Paul just dropped the gloves as one of the toughest guys in the league. And that sends a big message inside that room. Right, Bobby? Yeah, honestly, I don't think I would have changed a word about what you said about it. Like, everything was just um, hit hit perfectly square on the on the nail um i i just saw the the tail end of the hit but the fight and um you were right about tom i think wilson's kind of lost that credibility um to to determine whether it's fair or not like you know nick paul probably not not have seen any of the hit turns around and says wilson probably dirty like <laughs> honestly yeah. and i think i think wilson's a fair player like he plays on that line and i i i respect him for that but at the same time Nick's Nick's got to do what he did there, um, and and you could not have said it better. It goes a very very long way in the locker room. It's interesting. So the reason I ask you about Nick Paul is because you played with Nick. Have you are you surprised at all of how his career has elevated? And can you talk about what you know about him as he becomes like he's an important piece of this organization. That uh, doesn't perhaps he doesn't make a lot of money. Obviously, he doesn't get all the top six ice time. Although sometimes yeah. he fills in there, he fills in everywhere. But he seems to be the guy that a lot of people gravitate around. Yeah, he's got a little JJ Pajot to him. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife that you can plug and play anywhere. Um, you know, I think the only thing I would have said about Paul was that he 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 just lacked a ton of confidence early because when he did come up, they put him on that fourth line role, and that that happens all the time. But you get in that role, and then you get you know, pigeonholed into that role. And it took him a while to break out of that. But every year you could see him come in, um, always the fittest guy or, or him and Cease kind of went back and forth with that kind of stuff, but always in great shape, strong. Um, he shoots the puck about as hard as I've ever seen. Um, and he doesn't shoot enough. I always yelled at him for that. But at the same time, he just, he's a guy that you could put in anywhere and, and play and he's gonna he's gonna have chemistry so he's he's a very important i i mean you gotta lock him up quickly here but um because there's about 15 teams that are gonna want him if you don't is my guess yeah I, yeah I, but i, I love him. You, i'm a huge nick Paul fan yeah i i gotta ask you bobby about uh just to, to wrap up the thought where, where wally asked about dropping the gloves in that spot i always think about the time that you jumped in on patrick sailhoff in that practice when when clark mccarthy oh, got yeah. hit did did you did you know that it was a dirty hit or was your initial reaction? Clark is down, Grizz is down, 
And like, like, can you walk us through kind of what happened there? I mean, it's, it's just so different because it's a training camp and it's a, it's a, you know, it, it, like if that hit happens in a game, I'm probably doing the same thing, but my reaction wouldn't have been as big as it was. But, you know, when you're in training camp, it's, it's, like, what are you doing throwing the hit in the first place? And I've talked to Patty about this. I, you know, he's a Detroit kid, so I skated with him last year. Like, awesome guy. But just, I understand you got to make, a, you got to do stuff like that to make the team and make a name for yourself. But it was just, you got a, you got a 15-year veteran guy that's just missed a year and a half of hockey. It was just like, there, there was no place for that hit to be thrown. Um, so, you know, my wires crossed a little bit and I was, I was excited to have my line mate back. Like everybody knows Clark and I stopped, we, we wanted to play together. We, we were excited for that year and uh, that got taken away pretty quickly. So I, I addressed it very fast and, and um, it's incredible because the hit was on TSN and then the outpouring from around the league was, was unbelievable. The amount of messages I got. Um, so I, you know, I didn't do it for that reason, but at the same time, it doesn't only, it, it just goes a long way in general. Okay, so aftermath was he? Or did you guys need to tell? It would have been Pierre Dorian, if I'm not mistaken, at the time or, that he's no longer kind of welcome on this roster, or was it just understood? No, I mean, if he made the team, we would have had a conversation about it and then moved on. That's just the way hockey goes. Um, I, I, I think he was gone relatively quickly after that to go yeah. down to Belleville. Um, but that had nothing to do with any of the players. I think, you know, I think he was slated to start the year there. That's my guess. But um, I, we had Pierre we had Dorian no told me differently. We, we didn't, yeah. Okay, he said. I, I mean, he I never had, had to get him out of there. It. Okay, because he well, said think, we needed Chris, to separate Chris, him. Yeah, Neiler would have killed him. <laughs> so um, that that's probably that reason. But at the same time, like. I, I wouldn't have held the hit against him five days later. That's for sure. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed my thought on the guy. Um, and when he did come up, we shook hands and we moved on and played together, you know, on the line or on, on the ice. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. it just is what it is. And, um, you know, there's always fight. There's, there's a fight every year in practice. I think Grimes and Neeler got into it a couple of times. I think I've gotten into it. With, I got into it with Clark. He was one of my favorite guys in the team. <laughs> we got into it on the ice. So it's just yeah, water under the this. bridge. Yeah. It was, it, we didn't actually fight. We were screaming at each other. We were getting ready to. And then I had, we had our Halloween party that night, Halloween party, and I had to pick him up. And I was pissed still. And he texted me like, I, I wasn't even home yet, and I was still fuming. And he texted me, he's like, we're grown men, so I'll see you tonight for the drive down to wherever the party was. And I was like, all right, fine. Kind of diffused the tension. But I was like, are we going to tee off at each other here in the parking lot at his, in, front of his, in front of his babysitter? But uh, it, it was not under the bridge by the time I, you know, it just, it, it just happened. Oh, man, we're going to need some info on the costumes that you guys wore that. Do you remember? Like, I, I, I just want to know, I'm trying to paint the picture of, the two of you having this tense drive down to the party, I just, I need to know what you're wearing. <laughs> the clown knows. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, man, I can't. I can you, Could you imagine? Um, yeah, the Joker. I think, yeah, you know, you, I can't remember what he was, but he was all painted up, I believe. You, yeah, you'll just, I was cat in the hat, so you'll just see the cat in the hat and, and you know, a big painted guy having a tee off in Canada <laughs> on a cul-de-sac. Um, yeah. But yeah, my, my oh. wife was a crazy cat lady and I was cat in the hat or something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, it would have been comical. <laughs> was there any words discussed in the car? Or is it just like he got in? It's like, let's go. Oh, no. I, well, both the wives were there. And, um, you know, I was I think I was driving. So, um, 
you know, he got in the back and we laughed about our costumes. And honestly, I don't think we ever said a word to each other about it again. It's just, yeah, that kind of, I mean, that happens with one guy every year for sure. Do you, do you remember the Johnny Oduya, Mark Crawford exchange in Chicago that Johnny left the ice? No, I don't. Um, I don't. And I'm trying to think about it. Okay. It's so it was right around with it because I was traveling with the team because Carl was about to be traded. So would you have, would you have been there? Cause Carl's about to be traded. Yeah, I was there. I, and I played with Johnny for a while until Johnny moved on because Johnny got traded to Jersey. I don't, yeah. Actually, I don't know where he went, but at the so, same time, I can't remember it. No. Oh, uh, so no. they just got into it. Like for some reason, I think Johnny went offside and, and Crow snapped and is like, they're just dropping F bombs to each other. And Crow finally says, you know, get the fuck off the ice. And uh, so I asked Borok, Borok comes off the ice, like, what happened? He goes, I don't really know, but I think Johnny just messed up a play. And Crow later goes, I've been yelled at by worse players than him or better players than him. It was just like, <laughs> I've never seen two, I've never seen a player get kicked off the ice by a coach before. That was the first for me. You'll have to have Ennis on because it happened to him uh, when I was there with him and DJ. Uh, and it was like, it was because those two have a ton of respect for each other, but uh it was like a quiet conversation, but it was heated. It was just like, I, I think DJ told him, you can get off right now if you want. And he's like, I can. And he's like, yeah, keep walking right out of the league or something like that. And Enzo, and Enzo just called his bluff and walked off. It was like, uh, okay. That was, I mean, we finished the practice. There was like six minutes left of practice anyway. And I came back and Enzo was like, I ain't, I'm not doing that bullshit. He's like, I'm not taking that. Uh, it was pretty funny. So, and then by the time he left the rink that day, he had gone in and talked to DJ and they were over it. Cause DJ's like, I got hot. You got hot. We're good. Um, DJ's very fair like that. But when Crow sees red, I, you don't want to be in the crosshairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've been in a couple private meetings with that, and Crow is one of my favorite people ever. I still keep in touch with him, but he, he gets he gets fired up. You you got to get out of the way. It, so just on that, like Guy Boucher always had the reputation. Like people would look at him, his eyes would go like, who's the, like who would you not want to have? Kind of lay lay into you like like DJ uh, Dave Cameron. Guy Boucher, who's the one that you were like, man, I'm actually like legit scared of, uh, you had Paul McClain too, right? For a season and a bit. So, uh, yeah, was there one guy? I had really kind of bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was definitely Randy. Uh, I was just trying to, I, I don't think I was ever, I ever felt that way about any of the coaches in Ottawa. Um, you know, when I, when I came, Paul, Jack Adams award, I think, where he was the pesky sends or whatever. That was my, my year following that. Um, and I remember talking to him the year after this, where he said, I changed everything about the way I did it because everybody kept saying, I want the nice Paul back. I want the, you know, the players coach Paul. And for some reason, everybody thought I came in and had something to do with it. I was like, I, I only knew Paul as the guy that was in, he was, he was a jerk, but he was fair and he was a good coach. Uh, and they're like, no, 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 this isn't the way he is. And I, 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 I never had anything to relate it to. So I just thought he is this way. Um, but he never, he never like really grinded on you and got hard on you. Um, Guy could yell and, and Crow could yell, but those are the only two that I think really, really ever had to give it to me, uh, hard and, and yell at me for whatever it might have been. Uh, I remember one instance with Guy, but you know, he does, he does those things in private. He's not going to call you out hard horribly in front of anybody which i appreciate uh that leads me to a couple of things one is uh 
Paul McLean admits afterwards, he goes, I changed because I thought I had to change from year one to year two, which nobody quite understood why. But did was he really that much of a prick for you in year year one for you? Did you like was he really no, that I mean, yeah. much of a of a jerk, I guess? No, I mean, he, he was hard. He was fair. Um, I didn't have any issue with him at all. Like I, but I had come from Randy Carlisle, so everything was going to be a breath of fresh air, honestly. Um, and, and, you know, and, but Randy was fair too. And then I had Bruce in the middle for a little bit. Like I, I, now when you look back and you get older and you have a different opinion on it, like I haven't played for any coach that was just flat out a jerk or hard on you for no reason. Like every one of them was good and had a method to their madness. But I did remember Paul, the year that we came back and ultimately ended up being the year he got fired in whatever month it was. He said, I changed everything last year and it damn near cost me my job in our little private one-on-one -on -one meeting. And I just said, well, I didn't know you the other way. So I, it doesn't, you're not, you can apologize to the Zach Smith of the world that really felt that way, but I didn't, I didn't care because I didn't know you that any other way. Um, but he was a good coach. I like, I liked Paul. I liked him a lot. Um, was it, Guy Boucher, I don't know if we've ever actually ever had a discussion. Guy Boucher that benched you and Cody Cece for that one period. Oh, man, that was such. We're going to have to get into this sometime, but I was beyond, beyond livid because he was, he was, he hadn't been in the league for a bit, right? He was in Tampa and then he was gone and he was just overkill right out of the gate. And we have a three o'clock preseason game. Um, and anybody knows that like, during a regular season game, you're there. The very least you can be there is two hours before. I was there two and a half hours before, and I missed a meeting that um, was in the pamphlet, but wasn't on the text chain from the night before. So, you know, one of us was wrong. One of us was right in both instances. But I walk in, and, um, you know, 3 o'clock, I think it was one of the later preseason games. You're just, as a veteran, you're just like, get the game over with. Like, preseason, don't get hurt. Um, you know, work hard get your timing, do all these things. So I walk in, I'm feeling good. It's an early game. I was taking my wife out for dinner after. I'm all excited. I walk in, Cease is like, you know, doing the same thing. I'm like, Cease, what a, I mean, great suit. You look good. <laughs> We're just walking down, fist bumping each other. We get in the locker. I'm like, it's quiet in here. Where is everybody? And I, <laughs> Cease, Cease and I look at it, like there was that moment where I started to walk down the hallway and Crow's like, he's going to talk to you after the meeting. And I was like, what meeting? Why do we have a 12 o'clock meeting for a three o'clock game? That's it's insanity. It's never been done before. And the guys tried to like cover for us by sitting close to each other on the bench. So that it didn't look like there was a stall missing and doing all that kind of stuff. And I was like, cease, we missed a meeting. And I remember cease's face. He's just like, <laughs> like with the, we started just out of the gate with this guy. We're missing a meeting. Uh, I had never missed a meeting in my career. And he came and he's like, I have to act on this. And I was like, you don't have to do anything except cancel a noon meeting for a three o'clock game. It's ridiculous. I remember we got, we got into it because I was like, you can't do that. Number, it's, it's actually in the CBA that you can't do that in preseason because uh, of the three-hour rule. So anyway, he sat us down. I remember my first shift in the second period was a power play shift. I got an assist and I was like, you can sit me right back down for all I care. <laughs> it's like, we're done. I got, <laughs> we got an assist the plus one. Get me out of here. Yeah, now I'm going to play 12 I, I, minutes in a preseason I, game. <laughs> I found I found the quotes from Guy Boucher, okay, from this incident. I found the Brent Wallace yeah. tweet from that day, October 1st, 2016. Brent Wallace tweeting out, Guy Boucher is holding players accountable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, there you go. Okay? He, oh, no. Bobby Ryan responded with an assist in the loss 
Um, but here is the quote from Guy Boucher. It's very simple. You're on time or you're not on time. You own it and you move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically that's not the conversation we had in private. I can tell you that much, but I was like, I'll never, because we ended up laughing about it later because the next year, Zach Smith was late for something. And he's like, you're going to, I did it with Bobby. I did it with Cease. You're going to sit the first period. And then he sat him for four minutes and then he played him. And I remember being on the bench laughing about it. Cause I was like, what? I, I was like, what are you doing? You made me sit here. I had to untie my skates on the bench in the first, my back was killing me. I had my skates were like, basically off on the bench and smitty goes out five minutes in. he's like well we're bodies bodies and you know how geek kind of panics and that that face he makes and he starts to ramble and i was like you sh that's such a shitbag move i had to sit there for a half hour <laughs> yeah well I, and it's the embarrassment well, i don't know if it's em embarrassing for you guys but we look at it and go look at him embarrassing these two players in a preseason game but the problem was i think the year before there was no accountability and it was partially due to eric and Car like Carlson and whatnot. And so that tweet was kind of like bringing up last year and putting it into players are now being held accountable. Yeah. So yeah. Ultimately, it, no, no, ultimately it didn't matter. I mean, it was, it was such a small thing. And he's like, I probably, I remember talking to geese like I probably shouldn't have had a noon meeting. I was like, not for a three o'clock game. Like there's, there's <laughs> no actual reason. I was like, I, I came in early today from what I would normally come in for a preseason game because I wanted to get moving. It was at three o'clock and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, and you know, he starts to ponder things and you're like, you, maybe I was wrong. I was like, nobody's wrong. You, you benched me. I don't care. It happens. But I was like, you got to remember we're playing in Canada. It's not Tampa Bay. It's going to be a shit show. It's, there's just no way around it. And uh, I mean, I'll credit the media. We talked about it once and nobody ever asked again. So it was fine. You know what? For years, Wally and I tried to get the story from Guy Boucher. How did you get your scar on your face? I need to know, did he ever tell the players how he got that scar? Never told a soul. Nope. Really? He, what did he say? He had a word. My enigma? Is that what he said? Something like that? That was his, yeah, it was his story. And uh, nope. Never asked. Yeah. I, I Honestly, okay. I don't think anybody's ever asked him. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, 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 uh, the one thing we did try to ask him about was, you know, because it is, a, it's a very noticeable feature. And he always said he wanted to wait till his kids were old enough, right? Was that not his uh, thing? Yes. That wait yes. till his kids are old so enough. It was, and then, then he would tell them. But I, I was just it's curious. It's believed if, to be a dog bite. Is, but, or at okay. least that's what's been the rumor that it's a dog. And they, so he didn't want his kids to be scared of dogs early on. So he didn't tell them. But, I have no idea if that's urban legend at this point or not. I don't think any of us are ever going to find tried. out. It's, no. Yeah. no. But no, no, um, I, I never even, I, I wanted to know, but I never asked. <laughs> I, I want to ask one thing about Mark Crawford. You said you heard um, lots of stuff behind the bench, especially Crow, because Crow was, he was very vocal. I'll put it that way. I was told the stuff he said to Thomas Shabbat as a rookie would have let other guys who are much more veteran probably turn around and, and pop him in the face. Uh, did you hear him being extremely hard on Thomas Shabbat? Not, yeah, not overkill. Um, I know he was, um, you know, Crow, Crow's like, Crow was like the last of the old guard coaches, right? Like he, he's yes. seen a lot of changeover. Um, and he comes from that hard knock where as you get older, you get more, 
I guess, leniency or runway or whatever it might be. But I, if you're a young guy, and he was the same way with Ben Harper. Ben Harper was, I mean, he gave it to him hard uh, a couple times in the locker room in front of guys. And, um, uh, you know, probably with the mindset that is making him tougher. It's toughening him up. And that's, yeah, I, I experienced that a little bit with Randy and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. But um, I, don't, I don't think he ever crossed any lines, that, for me anyway. But yeah, if, if he had said some of it to a Boro, it might, it might have come across a little differently and might have ended up a little differently. But uh, I, I think Crow is really, really very good at taking it right to that edge of, of knowing where, where he's got you and he's got your attention and then letting you, and then letting you go. Because ultimately, I mean, Chabby was pretty good in his first two years. <laughs> so you can't yeah. go that far. Yeah. A little known fact, I delivered Guy Boucher, uh, not Guy Boucher, I delivered Mark Crawford's paper when he played for the Fredericton Express in the AHL. Um, nope. All right, wow. we're moving on. It, it, so yeah. Now you sound, now you just sound old. Like, first of all, it's a story about no, I am paper old. delivery. <laughs> <laughs> he still owes me tip oh. money. Yeah. Uh, I believe he didn't tip yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a yes mm -hmm. uh by the way this wally mathod show live uh special guest host uh bobby ryan brought to you by sportsinteraction.com canada's online casino and sportsbook sportsinteraction.com slash wally mathod the most competitive live daily odds uh where you can wager on everything including uh the olympics men's and women's hockey if you wish which is a big matchup coming up on wednesday with women's gold medal game uh, sports interaction is canada's leading online sportsbook uh, okay, I want to talk to you about Andrew Hammond, uh, who just, by the way, was traded to Montreal the day after his birthday. A uh, big week for him. He gets his birthday is on the 11th. He gets traded. Uh, he's on our show on Thursday. Um, and we did the interview. Of course, timing is everything. We did the interview last week. We thought we were going to have it all perfectly bundled up because on Thursday is the day after uh, Andrew Hammond seven years ago started his Hamburglar run with the Ottawa Senators. So, uh, Bobby, I'm going to start okay. with you and what you remember uh, about Andrew Hammond and that uh, 2015 run. <laughs> I, I think when we when we had to turn to him, we were like, "Who is this guy? And what what's going to happen?" Like, we, I think we <laughs> like we're going to fall off a cliff here. Um, but it was just I remember he. I think it was the first couple of games where we were like, oh man, he's pretty calm back there. Like he, he's, he's got a presence. He's got, you know, and he, and he looks like goalies just get into that rhythm. He looks like he's in that rhythm. And then like every game you're like, when's this horseshoe going to fall? <laughs> right? Like when, when's it going to fall out of him? And uh, man, he just, he just kept getting better and better. Like it was, I, I certainly had never seen anything like it. I think you guys can agree, but it just, it, it felt like, he could do no wrong for, for however many, what was it? 20, what was the record? You guys remember? Uh, he went 21 and two. Yeah. 21. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see that again, but it was, just, I just, there were games, there were games where he didn't need to be great. And then there were games where we, yeah. we should have been blown out. So not only did he, you know, stabilize some games, but he won, he stole some games. It was just an incredible, incredible run. Um, by the way, his last win was December 18th, 2016, Ottawa versus the Islanders. Uh, you scored the opening goal of that game. Uh, it's amazing to think of where he's come after all of that and now with a chance to be back and playing in the NHL. Um, when you're in that run, you I'm going to assume in February, you guys being 14 points out had never really discussed the postseason being an option. I'm gonna, Would that be fair? 
Yeah, yeah, I would say that'd be close to fair. I think you get to a point where you're looking you're looking at the end of January, I guess, is a good cutoff date in your mind where you're looking at the rest of the season saying, how far, like, what do we got to make up? And 14 always seems insurmountable because you have, you have to start yeah. together a run. I mean, and, and it's hard to get on runs in this league with the, you can get on runs when you're at home for a bit or you're on the road for a bit, but when you're coming in and out and you you do a lot of in and out in Ottawa, it, I don't know that there's just a different kind of flow to, to being in and out and not on a homestand. Um, so it's very hard to put runs together. And then, you know, for him, he went into some tough buildings on that road. I mean, on that road, on that run, um, yeah. and won some and won some big games. So no, we weren't thinking postseason. I don't think at that point. Did you talk to him much during that, or did you, were you guys just leaving him alone for the most part? Uh, you know, he he gets into his little zone. I think on game days and and maybe after before the game but no i mean he's he was pretty normal through the whole thing which is incredible like he there was no deer in the headlights and what am i doing and how's this going like he just he had a singular focus that was was that he tuned into pretty good on game days but uh uh one of the most normal goalies i've ever played with i'll put it that way (laughs) (laughs) so then um as off topic who was the strangest goalie you ever played with um well Lenny speaks for himself a little bit, doesn't he? Um <laughs> yeah. he's up there. <laughs> so yeah. I'll say yeah, Lenny. Um Jonas Hiller was was a different bird a little bit. Uh so th- those two are two that stick out my mind. Andy's pretty normal in, in the grand scheme of things as well. Uh would you I can't remember now. They did they all seem you didn't have was Ben Bishop? Yeah. He would have been around with with you or is he gone? No, no, I think he was no, gone. He was gone. Oh, okay, yeah. they all run together, Mendez. When you get to be my age, all right? Um, yeah, well, you're an old paper boy, so I can only imagine how old you are. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I delivered two papers, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So, um, <laughs> when it comes to that run and the last couple of games of that season, that Philadelphia, or sorry, the Rangers, and then Philly. Um, Meth tells about, and so does Hammond, about a dinner in Philadelphia the night before the game uh, at, I don't know, some steakhouse in Philadelphia where Pierre Dorian told Eric Carlson to not let this get out of hand, that you had one more game to play. Do you remember this? So I I think it was at Davios where, yes, I I was there. um, That's where I'm from. I was was always – I never stayed long. I would always go to the dinner and then as soon as it was gone, go see my dad and mom and stuff like that. So um, I wasn't there. I don't think it got out of hand because it, I don't think there was a chance to, it, it was like a noon game too the next day. So it was a dinner yeah. that was just, be, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Even like, even me as, as a guy that would have been leading that charge, I was like, there's times to pick your spots and that wasn't going to be one of them anyway. So I don't think he needed to tell us, but uh we hadn't clinched and, and we had a lot on our plate. So I, I, I do remember there I being there for a little bit though. Yeah, it was, I was on that trip. It was amazing. The other part of that trip was the, do you remember going down underneath MSG and taking that train to Philadelphia? Yeah. And the long walk. Yeah. Like it was amazing. It's a whole different world down there. It just kept going. Like it's like yes. you took an elevator as far south as you could get. And then, I mean, you were just waiting for a piece of cheese at the end of this. And then all of a sudden you're like Harry Potter, you know, platform nine and three quarters. You just show up and you're like, how did we get here? Like it was honestly, it was, I've never experienced that before uh, with any other team. So that was, that was incredible. 
Yeah. Like the infrastructure that was down there. And I did, I remember because Brian Murray was, was not feeling great at the time and, and we were stopping to make sure we were going the right way. And it, like, it was just a, a massive guy just trying to figure out how to get on the next train. Uh, it was one of those things we I'll never that, forget. Yeah. That's for sure. Everybody trying to cram into like that freight, the freight elevator too, with like we had <laughs> luggage and all the boys. And I was like, yeah. there's gotta be a better way to do this. But I couldn't believe we, we I mean, we were so far underground. <laughs> and, yeah. The smells were never, the smells were something else getting down there too. <laughs> uh, yes, they were. And then you just see random people every once in a while. You're like, "Do you live down here?" Um, just before we forget, uh, you played five games on Valentine's Day, Bobby. You are three and two on uh, Valentine's Day with two goals, six points. I just dug that up in case you need. Wow, it. really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, big wins against yeah, Edmonton, seven two and seven three. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell my wife though. Stat she'll, she'll think it's tough. She she had something to do with it. <laughs> uh, last topic on page three, and that is, uh, I want to talk about the media and handling of athletes. So we've all seen the Leon Drysidle thing with Jim Matheson, and I'll take you back. Do you remember yeah. the Travis Konechny when Jake Voracek responded to a question in Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look at his face. That look, of, look it's so his priceless. Face is gold. Uh, he just can't get oh, small so enough good. over there. He's just like, oh, no. how can I hide? Oh. And then, and then he's all in, right? Then he wants, to, like, what is he going to say? How's he going to respond? So, you're such a weasel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I want to ask such you, uh, what is your reaction? So, by the way, Leon Drysaddle, and we've had this discussion, uh, not with you on this show, obviously, Bobby, is Leon has no recourse other than to sit there and let him kind of take questions. Um, you've been always very good in how you handle the media. I'm just curious to re what you thought of how that interaction with Leon Dreisaitl, uh and how the media is now asking questions that I think might be a little offside. Yeah, I think I, you know, I don't, I, at first I was like, okay, I'm, I'm always on the side of the player being a player. Right. Um, and then I don't know Jim Matheson. So I don't know what the relationship there is like, like, I, I mean, I was always a guy that would, when you guys came in the room, hey, how are you? Chat you up, whatever, and then get out of there. Um, maybe, maybe Leon's unapproachable sometimes. I just, I don't know. I, like, I so I don't know the, 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 I guess the fluid dynamics of what that, what, what led to this part. But um, I don't know. He was standoffish in the answers, so I, I get it. But I don't, I don't think you go right to why are you so pissy like that. That felt like a big <laughs> yeah. jump <laughs> to yeah. me. So, so if, um, so I think if I would come to you in a scrum. Wrong. Like, but if I came to you in a scrum with cameras rolling and said that to you, I'm not sure you would have been very happy with me asking that either. No, I won't enough, but I didn't like the question before that, that led to this, where he, he just said like, what, you know, I think it was, what's the problem? You guys yeah. can, might remember it a yeah. little bit better, but what yeah. led to that? And he said everything and that's, it's a generic and it's a vague answer, but like, that is true, and he's not going to say the defense because that paints a picture that defensemen don't want to read. He's not going to say our goaltender because that puts one guy or two guys under the bus. Like he gave the answer you're supposed to give, and he did it short and he did it quick, and that led you know that escalated things too. So the, I watched it 20 times, and I was like, they're both in the wrong. Like both both are just you know I don't I don't like either side of it at this point when I when I watched it. So I was like, I'm I would normally take the player side, but I don't know if I you can there fully anyway 
Okay, well, let me ask you this because, you know, for, for a long time, I always thought, I and I think Brent would agree, I think we were always fair with you in, in, in your time in Ottawa. I don't think you would be on this podcast with us if we weren't fair to you, <laughs> uh, you know. But but I, I just want to bring up something because my longtime co-host, Sean Simpson, was a guy who probably took some, you know, criticism maybe to a level that maybe you weren't comfortable with. And I'm just curious. I've actually never talked to you about this. So why don't we... Bring it up on the Wally and Mathot show here. Um, did you see, did you hear the stuff that, that he said about you? Did you not pay attention? Did you ever address it with him? I'm just, I'm legitimately curious because you and I have never had this conversation. No, I mean, I I remember like the first one, he's like, Ryan, it was my first camp there or something like that. And he's like, he said he's a, I think something like, he's a lean guy, but he does, he's got to learn to send play. And I was just like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and then yeah, he was he was always critical of me, and I just I, I never really had any time for it. I I, I understood that because I left Twitter there for for what the last couple of years at least. So when you do that, yeah. nothing filters through because nothing you right. So uh, I'd be very very unaware of what he thought of me towards the end. But um, I don't know. I didn't like him. I got no time for him. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, you know most of the media are guys that. I genuinely like, and he's not one of them. And he probably feels the same way about me. So, um, you know, I'd shake his hand, say hello, and that's we'd have pleasantries probably, but that's about it. Um, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I actually went. I, I thought about going somewhere with this like a years ago, and I was like, what am I going to get out of this? Like, am I going to bury a local media guy that people like? No. So, uh, so my witch hunt was done. <laughs> I was out, yeah, I was out so, of there. And 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 I, I bring it up just because of the dry sidle thing. I guess, and and but Sean wasn't the type of guy that would show up in a press conference. But wouldn't you have a hard, let? Let's say no, if he ever asked you a question in a press conference, wouldn't that would probably irritate you, right? Like, like I think you could probably see yeah, no, where maybe yeah. dry sidle is coming from. Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when you put it like that, I guess, and that that changes my my thought process a little bit. Like I I don't know. I would just. I would I would move on. I wouldn't give him the time of the day, and I would move on from a question, even if it, even if it wasn't a question that was putting me in a bad light for, like dry, the dry side of one was. I just I would say no comment, and you know respectfully, not take one from him. Um, yeah, you know the other the other the other guy that was always hard, and I I liked him because and it's amazing that everybody loves him when he's not holding the camera is Dan. Um, uh, what's his last name? Dan Sagan. Dan Sagan. Yeah, Dan Sagan. Yeah, he would like, man. I, I remember like I, we were negotiating a contract, and my agent and the team had said, "Please don't answer questions." And the season hadn't started, and I just said, "No problem." And I remember walking out of the rink. It was at the Bell Sensplex, and he's like, "Hey, Bobby, can you do something?" I said, "Yeah." Can we not talk about the contract? Like, neither neither side's comfortable. And the first thing he did is ask me about the contract. And he's like, well, you're, you know, and he's got his camera. He's like, you're kind of putting the team in a bad situation here. And I was like, Fuck. like, we just had this conversation. And and he was always the guy that kind of skewed negative, like to get you to go somewhere. Yes. And I was like, yeah, um, you know, you, you had to like, as soon as he started talking, you're like, where are you going? Where are we going with this? <laughs> Every time. And then I asked around, I was like, is he a jerk? Like, I just wanted to get a feel for what other people. And they're like, he's the nicest guy ever. Uh, when he's not holding that camera, I was like, "All right, then I don't. Yep. Then I'm not going to hold it against him. He's he's just doing his job." So, so okay. So, how often would the guy, you, you know, and now you're going to help Wally and I out here a little bit. Uh, not that I don't even know how to phrase this, but how much do <coughs> our reputations matter inside that room when we're asking questions or 
writing columns or on TV, like how much does that matter? You guys just say, you know what? We don't really, we don't really talk about that. I would say it matters to, to some players more than others. And I think it matters to veterans more because um, young guys are just so naive at, at, at the time when they're doing media that it takes, it takes a while to really understand how to, I guess, approach things or answer things or, or um, and you guys have been in there a long time. You know how that sometimes there is a direct answer, but we can't give it. So we got to skirt it. Um, and, yeah. and you got, you, you guys, mm. you guys can feel, feel it as much as we know, as much as we're feeling it, saying it like it, it's just there, but you can't. Um, and that happens every day. Right. So guys, guys, when you guys come in, um, and you guys are two of the better ones, but Ottawa in general is pretty good. Um, at not, at not crossing that line with us and, and, you know, with the Chris Moores of the world and, and Brian Morris, who was there for a long time, like you guys were all well liked. So it made it easy. Um, even though you guys probably didn't always, I like Wally, I think you and one of the BMOs or CMOs always had issues from time to time, well, not always, but from time to time had issues Both. with locker room access and yeah. things. Yeah. So, um, but they never let that stuff seep into what we thought of you. So that's, then that's a delicate line for those guys. Um, when they would come in and say, Wally, Bobby, Wally needs you for five today or whatever it might be. And even if you guys had just had an FU match, he wouldn't let that affect the way I gave you answers, which I think is which is right. important. Just sometimes they wouldn't go and tell you we actually asked for you. That was the only problem I had. Um, the one thing I will say, I believe is that. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, um, I would always come if, – if you were new to the team, I would always pull you aside and go, here's who I am. This is, I'll never embarrass you on camera. And if I've got a question that's kind of on the line or a little bit, I will at least tell you I'm going to ask it, and you can choose not to answer it or whatever, but I still need to ask you the question or whatever it is or just say, listen, I need to ask this, but I, I'm not going to, so just so you know, I'm, whatever. I would just give you the respect that if I had anything that was questionable, you would at least have a heads up to not sandbag you. That was the one thing I had. I just always wanted to make sure. You guys are always good with that stuff. Everybody in Ottawa was always good with that. I, I can't, yeah, I can't complain. That was not the case in Anaheim. They're <laughs> straight in there and, and like straight to it. And you're just like, oh man, deer in the headlights look. But uh, they were they're, they were harder in Anaheim on me than, than you guys were, which is hard to, hard to believe. Wow. <laughs> you're scoring 30 yeah, goals a season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had asked for a trade at one point, um, and then like the the rumors, and then because you get candid in the media sometimes, and I, I remember answering a question saying like, at some point this team is going to move on from Timu Solani. He's thirty eight years old, and maybe we have. And that, that was when they were trying to make me, you know, move to that second line, but realizing we didn't have the depth we thought we did. It was just a, it was weird. And I remember saying at some point they're going to move on, and then the media was like, Bobby Ron's team to move on i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. like at some point you got to prepare for life after your best players that's just the way it's gonna go um and i was like we're trying to form a line down here that you know could could be underneath get some pairs and maybe whoever it might be i think it was me and saku for a bit and joffrey lupo and uh whatever it might be and then i just took a beating for it and i was like you can't win <laughs> so uh that, that was the start of my my media hiatus i got better with it with you guys because i didn't realize how good you guys were going to be to me in, in the grand scheme of things but i i was already on my way out of the media side of things so were you nervous coming to ottawa of, of canadian market and how you're going to be perceived oh, yeah. especially because daniel yeah, alfredson yeah. had just 
basically you're coming to replace him. Yeah. 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 I was, I was not excited, uh, out of the gate and then, um, went up there, saw the city and everything and it changed a little bit. And then I got to realize, I mean, then I got to do that media thing where it was like, do you know who I am on the streets of Westboro? And uh, nobody did. So I was like, this might not be so bad. This was okay. And then you get, you know, I developed somewhat of a relationship with you guys and I was just always cordial and kind and you guys were the same. So it made it easy. Uh, the fans could think what they wanted of you, but um, you guys were a really good, you know, support system in between that. There was maybe one or two issues over the years that I had, you know, didn't like the way you said something, but that, that happens, right? You guys got to write, you guys gotta write about me for seven years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Coming in hot. That's what we always think about you when you're uh, coming into Ottawa. Coming yeah. in hot. That was good. I should have trademarked that. <laughs> yeah, you could have t shirt money off of that. Oh, man, think about this. Coming in hot, hot sauce. Bobby Ryan's hot sauce. We just we just it. missed the boat no on kidding. that. I, sh- I got to talk to Jerry over a company, Gong Show Bone sauce sauce. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no. exactly. Hey, guys, I got to I gotta duck I gotta duck out of here now. Okay. See you, see you, Mendez. Thanks for stopping by. All right. See you, man. Good to see all, you. Always great to see you guys. I'll order the steak knives for you. Yeah. Um, there goes Ian Mendes. By the way, he's got a great podcast. He just finished recording it, and then he hopped on here. Uh, check it out with The Athletic. Uh, it's very good. So, And today, I think he's talking to Mike Russo. Um, I don't know if you saw this on TNT, Bobby. Did you see Anson Carter go at it with Mike Russo? So I saw, I saw the beginning of the clip, and then I didn't watch the full clip, so I don't know how deep he went, but I, I did see, like, according to this guy, I don't watch the game or something like that. And then um, yeah. I saw Russo tweeted that they had they, they cleared the air. Um, so I don't know as much as I should to comment on it, I guess, right? Yeah. No, I was just shocked that he decided to take his national platform, I'm talking about Anson Carter, to go after Mike Russo. And you can see the other guy, Gretzky and Bissonnette and – and guys just like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just can't get it. Yeah, I can't get out of there. Yeah. There's, there's nothing got, worse. It got really time. awkward. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, so uh, would you consider. Gretz would want nothing to do with that. <laughs> no. So he's like, hey, how about that goalie in Calgary playing pretty good? We're like, what? <laughs> Segway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on you. Uh, and I would say the media overall uh, embracing you, would you do TV work now? Like, would you join that panel if they called you and said, hey, we would like you to be on it once a week? If I could do it from where I am, yeah. Um, but I, you know, we were talking about, somebody was asking me the other day, do you want to do this? I'm doing some coaching with uh, ex-Oiler. Uh, Ryan Smith is retired down here. He's got his kids' oh. team. They're getting ready to, yeah, they're getting ready to go to national. So I skate with them, uh, you know, one to two times a week. But he's like, we're on the ice four times. You come as much as you want. I'm like, I'm just not, I don't want to be away from the house right now. Like, I'm I'm really enjoying this uh, where I'm at. And I don't want to travel. Uh, I like being home with the kids. So, uh, you know, I, I might have to explore some opportunities here in the next six, seven months. And we'll see what's out there. But I, I just don't see myself leaving the house and, and traveling much right now. Do you get asked a lot? Not, no, not as much as you think because, because I haven't signed the papers and I haven't made anything formal that, you know, I think there's oh, some, right. there, yeah. So there'll be some options there if, if that's the way I want to go, but, uh, I'm enjoying coaching the kids. Uh, it's 20 minutes down the road. I'm home for dinner. Uh, I'm, you know, 
I can kind of pick and choose my schedule. So I might do that. Uh, last question, because you just made me think of something. If uh, So since you're coaching kids, are you now qualified to be a head coach in the National Hockey League? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Again, that's... Yeah, that's that's too much. Uh, no, I don't think I'll ever be that qualified. <laughs> what are your thoughts? And uh, I, I didn't what, mean a, as a what a weird hire. No, no, no. What a weird hire. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, I'm talking about Martin St. Louis. But yeah. but would like yeah. like you're going to arguably the second most or the most historic franchise in the National Hockey League. People argue Toronto um, or the Rangers, I guess. But to go in there as your first like. If you talk about tough media, that is a tough media market. Uh, and I'm curious yeah. of how that's going to play out. If they're, He's obviously got carte blanche because they're not expected to win any games. So he's got a fairly yeah. easy ride. But like if they make changes like they did today, trading Tyler Tavoli, I think that there's going to be, if he doesn't get wins here, or at least if he's not named head coach next year, it'll be a stressful environment. Yeah, I think it will be too. He's he's obviously like you said, he's he's going to have a hell of a runway this yeah. year with with the way things have gone and the expectations the rest of the way. So, um, this and I'm 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 not speaking for him, but my my thought process yeah. of what's going through his head is I need to form the relationships of the Caulfields, the Suzuki, um, you know, the guys that are going to be here, so that at the end of the year they can say how did things work out with Marty? They, we love him, right? That's all. Like that's his whole. Yeah. That's that's your goal this year, and then you want to win. I mean, you obviously want to win some games down the stretch, and and but they, I mean, they're going to have a great chance at first overall with where they are. So, um, you know, forming the relationships and picking up some wins here and there is, and and seeing how the team responds to you is a big big thing the rest of the way. Well, they shouldn't have taken Andrew. Now they're going to go on a run, and he's going to take them out of the first overall pick. That's my right. that's what I hope to predict. <laughs> I I want to see the hamburger back know. in action. Uh, yeah. Bobby, I'm going to let you go because I appreciate too. your time. I, I know I didn't uh, I didn't quite tell you you're going to be on the whole show, but um, the first uh, live Brent and Bobby show was a huge success. Rating boom, actually. The double B, the double Bs, well, meth, meth, <laughs> meth right now, man. He's got short shorts on and no tarp right now, sipping a pina there, colada for sure. For he will sure. not have a tarp on the whole week. There's no question. No. He was. I tried to get yeah. him on the show, like. Last week, he was like, yeah, no, I should be able to get out for five minutes. I'll come on. Yeah, I've sent him texts. I haven't heard from him. I keep asking if he's missed no, me. No, not a chance. Yeah. He'll tell you the service is out. <laughs> he's he's walking around carrying suitcases, yeah. getting the trap fixed for the pool right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll look forward to I'll have him back on here soon. Uh, we'll see him next week. We'll see you soon. Good. I appreciate you stopping by, and uh, take care, my friend. My pleasure, guys. See you later, man. See, buddy, there goes Bobby Ryan. Uh, always a pleasure when he stops by. And to thank all of you for stopping by while uh, Meth enjoys the sand and the sun in Mexico. We will see you on um, Thursday. But before we go, we're just going to play a quick clip to get you, as they call it, teasers in the business of Andrew Hammond and our interview. Here's Hammy. Your thoughts on Curtis Lazar. If I were to say his name, do you automatically think of him eating a hamburger? That's not my first thought, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like even that whole thing, when, when that happened, like I never really thought of picking it up myself. I had to have someone else be like, oh, you got to go grab it. And then that became another thing. And then it just kind of went, just kept getting crazier and crazier with that. But like when Laser grabbed the cheeseburger, I still think it's 
disgusting that he it's ate disgusting. it. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He was right beside me, and he had that smile yeah. on his face, like looking around and eating the burger. And I'm like, but laser like, is laser. Two different you know? burgers. Like he had one, and I had one, and I think there was probably more on the ice or whatever. But like, yeah, I remember I could feel how cold this thing was, just <laughs> holding it, let alone eating it. So good. Uh, so we look forward to talking to uh, Hammy on Thursday. That interview will be fantastic. Uh, lots of stuff in there. Lots of things about injury and how everything played out. Uh, you don't want to miss it. So thank you for stopping by today. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Bobby Ryan and Ian Mendez and to all of you. Uh, we will see you on Thursday. Thanks for watching the Wally Thought Show Live. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.